Lake Effect brings you conversations about what's happening in Milwaukee and the people, places, and organizations that shape the community. This is Lake Effect Spotlight from WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR. The Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, known as DACA, protects undocumented immigrants who were brought to the U.S. as children from being deported. Last week, a federal judge in Texas began hearing arguments against DACA. Nine states, including Texas, want to end the program. This legal battle is creating confusion and fear for DACA recipients. To explain how the program got here and what the future could hold, WUWM's Eddie Morales speaks with two members of Soborowski Immigration Law, Melissa Soborowski and Nancy Placencia. Can you tell me about the origins of DACA and what impact that it's had? Sure. So it began with the Obama administration. It was an executive order brought about by his administration in response to the Dreamer movement, um, which had been working towards this goal for almost a decade before that. When he finally passed it, um, it was in uh, mid-2012 and then finally enacted and put into play, so to speak, in September, August of 2012, later that year. Um, It gave folks basically a temporary protected status for two years with the ability to work. Um, And in a lot of states, that meant access to driver's licenses, state IDs, things like that. In 2017, the Trump administration wanted to end the program. What was it that the administration believed to be illegal? Their argument was that because it was an administrative order, that administration, the Obama administration, lacked the ability to make a federal law. So typically laws are made by Congress and then passed and signed into law by a president. And in this case, um, it was just an act signed in by the Obama administration. Um, The trouble with that argument is a lot of immigration law is put forth by presidents through these administrative orders kind of as temporary solutions for larger fixes. And what was the follow-up to that attempt to end the program? So um, he ended it. And then in 2020, the Supreme, it went before the Supreme Court ultimately, who then decided that his rescission was illegal and it was reinstated for a short time. If you could walk me through some of the major decisions that federal judges and the Supreme Court have made since 2017. Sure. So the Supreme Court came out with that decision in mid-2020, but it wasn't until later 2020 that USCIS started to allow those cases to move forward again, those the DACA cases. And then in July of 2021, the Fifth Circuit Federal Court ruled that the original Obama administration executive order was illegal and asked that the Texas federal court under Hannon to review that decision again. And that's the court case that is being that is resuming today. What is the update on that status in Texas? Like, how does that affect current and potential recipients? Well, currently, initial cases are paused. So you can file a case, it'll get receded, but it won't move forward. Whereas if you already had DACA, you can continue to renew it. Today's decision and any decision that could come forward, so the, the court case that's being that's resuming today, it could result in the cases continuing. It could result in uh, DACA ending, uh, renewals ending until it ultimately goes before the Supreme Court. What is the status of DACA currently 
just in general, like, are there other attempts or pending decisions that could attempt to stop the program as well? From what I understand, there are several cases before different levels of the federal court to decide this. Right now, it is resting at Hannon, the judge in the federal judge in Texas's feet, to decide where it goes from now, just because that Fifth Circuit in Louisiana left it to him to decide, okay, please review uh, the more recent Biden administration reintroduction of DACA, we like to call it DACA 2.0, that he introduced in 2022. He, Hannon has been tasked by the Fifth Circuit to review how that plays into where DACA goes going forward. And what has President Biden, what actions has he taken to try to protect DACA? He did in August 20, August of 2022, reintroduce a new version of it that went through the rule and process making. Technically, it went through a more thorough legislative process than the original version of DACA by Obama. Although it did, it did not go through the lawmaking process through Congress, it did go through a more formal rulemaking process. So he, he basically did all within his own uh, executive power to make a stronger version of DACA. And what would be the reason for that? I think because we keep seeing legislation brought before Congress different versions of giving a more permanent solution to the dreamers. And each time it fails within either one of the houses. Uh, And I think that the Biden administration realizes that it's either we try to protect this temporary solution through DACA, or we continue to try to push through Congress something more permanent, um, but not both are not looking so great. For people who are curious about the next steps or want to follow this, what should people be paying attention to? So certainly follow the news coming out of Texas um, and Hannah's, Hannon's decision. Um, I think that's going to really decide the more immediate future of DACA. Will people be able to continue to renew? Will initial DACA applications be able to move forward? Um, I think ultimately we're not going to know anything p- probably until 2024 when the Supreme Court takes up this case. Um, I think resources like your radio station and the news are probably the best sources. United We Dream is also a great resource for finding out what news is trustworthy. What local resources are there in Wisconsin for DACA applicants? Uh, If you're a Mexican national, I highly recommend uh, going to the Mexican consulate in Milwaukee. If you are not a Mexican national or you just want a resource outside of that, uh, a lot of universities have their own um, groups and nonprofits. There's also Rosas de la Frontera, who's done a lot of work uh, with the community. I think the most important thing folks with with DACA can do right now is to pay attention to uh, when their DACA is going to expire and consider renewing just because we don't know what's going to happen going forward from the Hannon court. Also to consider whether or not you would like to use advanced parole to travel and leave the United States and return uh, through your DACA. That's a big thing that also may or may not disappear with Hannon's decision. So if either of those two things are important to you, then it's, I think, time to sit down with an attorney to talk about it. I also think sitting down with an attorney to talk about other options more long term, either through your employer, uh, through your family. But now is kind of the time to think about those things as well. And then I'll let Nancy can probably speak to some of these things. What are you hearing, Nancy, from your, your clients? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it is a very emotional time for them, like the back and forth, the constant back and forth. Like I've had a few clients today renewing their DACA and like telling them this news that they just kind of have to wait and all they can do is really renew right now. Um, it's unfortunate to see like their faces kind of like shut down a bit and you want to help more, but this is like the only thing you can do is renew your DACA and just like hope for the best and just keep looking at that work permit to see when it does expire. So you're not out of that window of, um, and can't renew anymore. What else do you see with clients and when, what do you try to advise them, um, as they're kind of dealing with this and it's affecting their personal lives? It's hard because a lot of them like rely on this work permit for jobs. And then not only does it affect them, but a lot of them have family members and one person in the household that doesn't have a job affects an entire family. Um, so it's kind of like you see the problem, but the only thing you can do is renew. And there's no other way besides like talking to an attorney about seeking other options or looking to see if they have another pathway, a more permanent pathway that all they can do is renew and you feel for them and you give them these resources and tell them like to reach out to their own community um, and that we have their best interest in hand. But ultimately, it is a decision that we're all waiting to have. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add? I would implore employers as well to consider the impact that this is going to have to the extent that there is more that they can do for those that they employ to reach out to employment-based immigration attorneys to see what alternatives there are to keeping those on staff that are documented just because we have all greatly benefited as communities as employers from having these bright young people be part of our staffs and our communities and the only way we're going to be able to continue to do that if DACA disappears to find other solutions for them. Is there anything that either of you could speak to is just what DACA has allowed people to do and what, what the program kind of means for society and for our community? I mean, some of my favorite documented clients, they're incredible. Some of them are stay-at-home moms. And like Nancy mentioned, um, they need driver's licenses to get around to take their kids mm -hmm. to school. They are nurses, future doctors, and I'm getting kind of choked up here, but they served us during the pandemic and they were here for us. And I think we should try to do what we can do, you know, for them equally. Well, thank you both so much, Melissa and Nancy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Melissa Soborowski is a managing attorney and Nancy Placencia is a paralegal at Soborowski Immigration Law in West Dallas. You can find more interviews like this one by visiting wuwm.com slash lake effect. And while you're there, subscribe to the Lake Effect Spotlight podcast.